helping everybody in our company be an owner. It changes the mindset. It, it, it creates longevity and loyalty and engagement that I think has helped us not just survive, but thrive for 97 years. Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings, sponsored by BG Products. Be good to your customers with BG. Hello, everyone. I'm Gene Girdley, and I produce and direct the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast and virtual events. The Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast is your source for automotive industry leaders, innovators, and top performers, providing you with the latest ideas, technology, customer trends, and performance improvement strategies. And now, here's Ted Ings. Liza, you are a great highlight of our events, and we're so fortunate, everyone, to have with us today, Liza Borges, who is the president and CEO of Carter Myers Automotive in Virginia. And uh, Liza is a great friend of our events, the Fixed Ops Roundtable, and has been part of the, the growth uh, over the past year. And Liza, you and I have seen a lot in this past year, haven't we? <laughs> we have. You know, I think having your roundtable every quarter or so has really helped us put important issues on the table as we've evolved and adjusted through the year that was 2020. And now we're ready to launch, I think, what's going to be a really fantastic year for the auto industry in 2021. I agree. And I like that word evolve. You know, uh, CMA has, you know, speaking of longevity, you, your company's been in business a long time. And there's, you know, that doesn't happen by accident. Um, how, what do you attribute some of that success to? Well, uh, as you mentioned, we've been here a long time, 97 years, I think, officially. Um, I am the fourth generation of our family, uh, just honored and humbled to have the opportunity to lead this organization. All three before me were all named Carter Myers, hence the name of our company, Carter Myers Automotive. And uh, some people can't always connect those dots, but um, it was my great grandfather who started our company in 1924. We were actually a sawmill company originally and started producing our own trucks in the back of the, um, I can't call it a dealership at that point, the back of the manufacturing company. They were called the Samson truck. And so eventually we evolved into being a Ford dealer and now here we are today. Um, but I think there's there so many components that go into why we are still in business after 97 years. And a couple of the things that I'll touch on is um, that I, I think we want to dive into is around the values of the company. Mm -hmm. And every month when we talk to our new hires and our orientation, um, I, and I always have my dad come in for the first hour and a half and share some of our history. And we talk about why we think we're still in existence after 97 years. And having a strong foundation of values certainly is the start. But there were a couple other key things. Um, one, as our industry has evolved and over four generations, we have only had one family member each generation who has been involved in the company and led the company. And you might say, well, why does that matter? Well, when you look at family businesses, especially in the auto industry, oftentimes when you have brothers, sisters, cousins, nieces, nephews, a lot of people in the business, it tends to become a family business instead of a business run by a family member. And you have too many people all with different opinions who are trying to live off the business versus running it like a corporation. So we're, we're a C-Corp. We've always had one member of the family uh, lead with nobody else involved. And I think that's kept us very focused on the mission of our company. Two other things I'm going to mention that I think are really important. Um, there are a lot of people out there who have dreamed of owning a dealership. They're in the auto industry and they want to ultimately go out and own their own store. Well, that's just not a viable option in today's world. A single point dealership is simply not going to exist in the future. And so as, as we have uh, grown over the years, we have had a lot of general managers as partners. People who have had the dream of owning their own dealership are able to partner with CMA 
They're able to grow a dealership, but also have the opportunity to share the responsibility to share some of the efficiencies and costs across multiple dealerships. And so we've been able to recruit and bring in, I think, top leaders uh, in a way that that some other dealership groups or single point stores haven't been able to to survive. And then the final thing is our ESOP. And we can talk about that more. But having everybody in our company be an owner, it changes the mindset. It, it, it creates longevity and loyalty and engagement that I think has helped us not just survive, but thrive for 97 years. Let me come back to that. When did you when did your company originally put that in place? So we, we started profit sharing back in 1941, which was unheard of in the auto industry at that time. Uh, we formalized it into an employee stock ownership plan in 1979. And so we started sharing uh, profits through the ESOP back then, but it really wasn't until about 2008 when we were trying to figure out how to get through these tough times. And I had been back with the company about five years at that point. And I remember talking to my dad one day and I said, dad, we've got this awesome thing in our ESOP, millions of dollars for our associates, but we have never really talked about it with our team in a way that's meaningful. And so one of our general managers came up with the tagline that year, owners just do more. And so we really started maximizing that owner mentality and that every single one of us here owns a part of this company. They own 26%. And to get through the tough times of 2008 and 2009, we needed every associate in our company acting like an owner, making good decisions on how do we save money? How do we cut costs? How do we reach our customers in new ways? So uh, I think it's been absolutely critical, especially in the downtimes. You've really uh, highlighted some of those owners as well. I've noticed uh, recently in some of the posts that your company has done online. So you've got a great, you've got a su- great success story. And let's talk a little bit about your people because you've, ele- you've, I don't know whether you realize this or not, not only have you elevated CMA's game in terms of your focus on people and hiring and retaining the right people, you've elevated our game here at the Fixed Ops Roundtable by helping us you know, originally recognize some issues and then getting us on the right path to maybe correct them and to help others correct them in the industry. So um, your focus on people is just uh, second to none. Well, thank you. It is it's our number one core value, putting people first and everything else happens after that. Um, and also the processes that your, your company has uh, employed and you continue to elevate those as well. Let's talk a little bit about how important that is to the success of the company. Well, um, I'm going to tie the people and process together because when we talk about longevity and we talk about customer retention and we say what's going to create an environment where we're going to be here another 97 years, you can have all the best processes in place. But if you don't have leaders who are holding your team accountable to using the processes, if you don't have leaders who are constantly challenging the processes and say, okay, this may have worked for us five years ago, but is this the way that we should be doing business today? Is this the way we want to be doing business five years from now? Um, If you're not doing that and you're sticking with the same processes that worked five, 10 years ago, you're not going to be around for our future. So processes are critical, but really it comes down to accountability and it comes down to evaluation as to whether that's the process that's most powerful today and for tomorrow. Some of those changes that have come about in the last five years, specifically in the last one year, have to do with technology and a lot of the things that we've employed in our industry, where people are interacting now with a dealership through a device or at least getting the process started, perhaps doing the whole process uh, online. How do you you balance that with with the focus that you have on people? Yeah. Such a great question, Ted, because, you know, we're all talking about the disruptors out there and we're talking about Carvana's and Vroom and, 
in Tesla and some of these others that certainly have different levels of technology that is integrated in their process compared to a, a small single point dealer or even larger dealer groups. Um, and as we go forward, I believe that the dealer groups who can find a way to have just as strong a technology, we need to have a customer be able to go on our website, purchase a vehicle all the way through if they choose to, deliver it to their home, have everything electronically signed just as if they were buying a house, which is crazy that they can do it and we can't always do it. Um, but we also have to wrap that technology and that process with a person and with a relationship. That's how we're going to keep the disruptors from being from taking over our business or being more successful in our business. But the technology is important and we need to be, I wouldn't say banding together as dealers, but we've got to find a way to use our volume as franchise new car dealers to bring all of the, the different vendors that we have out there who all have a piece of this pie and to find a better way to integrate them so that we have a seamless and efficient process. And I got to tell you, we have to collaborate with our manufacturers on this. We had a great conversation in another forum a few days ago about the fact that, um, and I'll use Tesla as the example, they, they don't have separate dealers and manufacturers. And there's a lot of benefit for us to have that separation. But the one downside is, is that we have lots of different manufacturers who all want us to use different vendors and different pieces of technology. And they're right now, we haven't had a great solution to integrate them so they're seamless for our customer. It is absolutely a focus for 2021. How about your company's focus on training? Um, uh, how important has, is that, especially in the, in the past year with what our businesses have experienced? Ted, training seems to be the first thing that goes out the window or off the budget when times get a little bit mm. tight or when people have some fear or anxiety about the future. Um, at CMA, we have the opposite. When, when times are tough, we need to go all in on training. And when, when I think it was about March 18th in 2020, when mm. we recognized that we were in for something crazy, the first thing we said was, okay, what training do our people need? What training do our leaders need in order to be able to get through this and, and thrive through it? And so, yes, uh, in fact, this year, we are bringing all of our different training initiatives together into the CMA Academy. And uh, I found that we had, we had gone in so many different directions for training last year, all fantastic, but we needed a more consolidated effort so that all 700 associates had one portal to go to and can find all the different opportunities they have to train with our company. So we have everything that includes from the normal sales process training to leadership training to bringing in once a month this year, we're having a guest speaker from different industries come in and talk to us about different subjects that would be relative to how we can improve in automotive. Very, very, very strong. Um, what's your advice to dealers? moving forward in, in 2021 we've been through a whole lot and um again speaking to your company's longevity 90 plus years uh in the business what should we be preparing for in 2021 what, what are the things that you're looking at you know we have got so many positive things happening in 2021 from a, a very strong stock market even with crazy things that happened last week for uh certain companies strong mock, uh, stock market we've got very low interest rates we actually have new car inventories that are in line, they're not, uh, we don't have too many cars on our lots. Um, I think the incentives are stacked right with the inventory. We have strong used car values, which while that may be tough from a sourcing perspective, it's great for getting consumers in and being able to put them into a new car. Um, we look out there and, and I think there's very positive signs for what is going to add to consumer confidence and consumer interest in 2021. So we'll start with that. I think we've got a good economy. We've got a lot of opportunities to bring new employees into automotive because not every industry is booming right now and not every industry is looking as positively towards 2021. So the automotive industry right now has the, the 
best opportunity to bring in some new faces, some new ideas, and some new lenses into our industry. I believe I just saw this morning that uh, the new incoming NADA chairman is going to prioritize uh, programs around diversity and automotive. And I think that is um, critical and I can't wait to be a part of it. So that's gonna be, a, I think, a top priority for all of us to continue to grow our industry in 2021. And that's certainly one of the areas that you've helped us grow as well with that focus and recognizing that. Let's talk about the importance of fixed ops uh, in the future for dealerships, because historically it's been the it's been the back of the store, service and parts, body shop doesn't get a lot of love, and uh, a lot of that changed now. And you know what um, what should we be preparing for, and how should we be ramping up in terms of looking towards the future in terms of fixed ops? Well, Ted, it has never been uh, in the back of my mind. Fixed ops is absolutely critical in our company, and. Um, when I look at uh, the leaders in our company, when I look at those who have made a huge difference in CMA for 97 years, many of them are our service directors, parts managers. We look at, at the net profits from different departments and oftentimes our parts departments are the leaders in net profit for the year. So uh, for us, it has always been a focus. When we think to the future and we don't know what 10, 20 years from now is gonna look like, whether autonomous vehicles end up moving forward in a way that, that works, whether subscription uh, vehicles ever end up being a, a true part of our solution. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, maybe we'll have a flying car in 20 years. I don't know. But what I do know is that there's always going to be repair and maintenance. There are a lot of dealers who are uncomfortable with the fact that alternative fuel vehicles might change the way that we service. Mm -hmm. There is some uh, potential fear about manufacturers being able to connect directly to cars through the cloud. Um, but brakes, tires, maintenance items, those things are gonna stay until these cars are flying. So I think that as a dealer, as a group of dealers, we've gotta challenge ourselves to say, okay, where are we going to continue to need to have that relationship with consumers? And how can we add to it? What are, what are gonna be the pieces of the puzzle that maybe we're not thinking about right now that we could incorporate into our fixed operations? So if we think of ourselves in the future as a, tra as a transportation hub, what are all the different things that our consumers might need around the area of transportation? Different than what we're looking at right now. Fixed stops is going to be a really important part. It just might look a little different, but we're going to evolve. Auto dealers always do. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're very much able to adapt, and we've really proven that in the last year as well. One last question, Liza. How does all this... Um, how does all this shape up for retaining your business, customer retention? Um, obviously, that's that's a priority. Uh, but with all that's happening and now the technology and the changes and, you know, as you mentioned, the importance of fixed ops, how does that um, how does that fare for retaining our business and anything that you can recommend that dealers do in 2021? So when I think about customer retention, um, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but the first thing that you have to have is you have to have engaged, excited and um, uh, really focused associates who want to be not only in your company, but want to help come up with new ideas in your company, because that's what's going to keep customers uh, loyal back to CMA or to any other dealer group. And then I'll tell you, we always say, well, it's the little things, but I'll tell you, it's the big things and it's the little things. The big things sound like they're the easy ones. It starts with you got to have a product that people want. You have to have processes that we hold accountable to, the things you just asked me about. You got to have marketing in a way that people can find you. You've got to have a great digital showroom. So the big things are important. But the little things, we have to make sure that we're highlighting the way that we do business that's different than these so-called disruptors. I'm going to give you two quick stories, Ted. First, 
Um, Christmas Day, we had a customer in, in one of our markets who had an emergency situation. Her car broke down. One of our general managers met the customer at the dealership on Christmas Day to put them in a loaner so she could go pick up her mom. Another situation just in the last two weeks, we delivered three cars down to Georgia. That's four states away from us. They didn't buy cars from us because our website was the best or our pricing was the most competitive. But when they reached out to us using the big things, we had the product, we had the process, we had the website, we had the marketing. But then our sales associate at the Honda store created a relationship using technology, made this customer laugh, had them just loving our dealership. Next thing we know, we delivered the first car to that customer. Their next door neighbor calls us the next day. Here's the story, buys a car from us. We deliver another Honda down to Georgia. The next neighbor calls us. Within two weeks, we had delivered three cars down to Georgia and it was not the technology and it was not the pricing. And the last little thing I'm gonna tell you, cause this just happened yesterday. We're sitting here in a snowstorm and I get a message from a customer and it said, and this is a customer I only know through the dealership. There's no other relationship. She lies, it's an emergency, please call me. This older couple, they've bought four cars from us. Um, she was in the emergency room, broke her leg, shoveling snow. Both of their vehicles are sedans with no all wheel drive. Hmm. Her husband was at home and he said, he said, Liza, the ambulance took her to the hospital. They put her in a cast, but now I can't get her home. I don't feel comfortable going on the roads. Is there any way that you could go pick her up? I drove down to the hospital, picked her up from the emergency room, took her home and helped her get into their house. I guarantee you that no technology is going to do that. Carvana is not going to be able to do that. Broom's not going to be able to do that. And Tesla not having a local dealer is not going to do that. So let's find a way in 2021 to use the big things together with the little things and really make a difference in this world and be the place where every consumer wants to keep all their automotive needs. Liza, great examples of things that only a focused dealer can do. One focused on retaining their business and, you know, fantastic. My hat's off to you. Great, great work this past year and coming up and in all the years. So Liza Borges, everybody, from Carter Myers Automotive, here today at the Fixed Stops Roundtable. Thanks so much, Ted. Thanks for joining us on the Fixed Stops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings. Sponsored by BG Products. Help your customers be good for life with the Lifetime BG Protection Plan. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or any of our Fixed Stops Roundtable events, or if you'd like sponsorship information, reach out to Ted Ings at area code 212-763-0016. That's 212-763-0016. 212-763-0016. On behalf of Ted Ings and everyone at the Fixed Stops Roundtable, I'm Gene Girdley. Thanks for listening.